Hey guys, welcome to Because I Said So, the podcast where we discuss age and how it affects how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive others, and the conversations that we have because of it. Thank you for listening, and please leave a review to support the podcast. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. We have a very special guest. His name is Jamie Watson. And Jamie, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi. Yeah, I'm Jamie Watson. I'm a uh, junior at Hume Fogg High School in Nashville. Yeah, and so recently me and Jamie were having a conversation um, just talking about parents and their children and kind of youth voices. And so Jamie, do you want to kind of talk about a little bit of the pattern that we see between parents and children? Yeah, so Parents and educators, really adult, um, I guess, instructors and role models in kids' lives, always uh, encourage them to be active and, um, you know, pursue careers they're interested in, pursue self-advocacy and civics. Um, But it's it's kind of a general um, encouragement. They're they're not really specifics. One concern I have is um, oftentimes it seems like maybe those parents or those educators are trying to mold these kids in their own image in a way. Um, mm. So I just think it's important to consider like when, when we're trying to teach the youth, the next generation, which is us right now, how to advocate for themselves and pursue change. We shouldn't make that support contingent on the fact that it has to be changed that the adults are also in favor of. Yeah, I think I think I totally agree with what you said. I feel like we foster um, like this kind of more facade of like, oh yeah, do what you're passionate about, pursue what you believe in, kind of up to a point in which um, adults don't agree with it, you know, up until a point in which it contradicts them. And so I kind of just wondering your opinion, do you feel like a lot of times things that contradict that original opinion are stifled or are they kind of um, like have this, maybe like inadvertent kind of sense of, um, I don't know, like adversity to it, or is it more like just upfront pushed away? I'd, I'd say definitely it's, um, it's, it's not as explicit as a parent uh, or teacher or whatever saying your opinion is wrong, invalid, and you shouldn't share it. But yeah. you do naturally, uh, as kids, look to these people in authority as you know the decision makers you want their approval you want whatever um so when they tell you to do something for the most part you listen because you think that it's coming from a good place um but just in small implicit reactions that are just uh, not favorable if a, a kid or somebody just voices an opinion that um may be different um pushing it aside or not giving it spotlight or specifically, I think encouraging your own way of thinking and not um, not initiating conversations that discuss other viewpoints and stuff. Um, I just think that's it. Kind of builds more narrow-mindedness because if if we're only teaching kids to be the same way we are, it's kind of hard for any sort of real uh, positive social change to happen. I think. Yeah, and I I totally agree. I think I think it is those. Um, small and a lot of times like maybe even subconscious behaviors that parents kind of have or adults and educators kind of just generally um yeah people in positions of power and people who are older because I think that 
when you're young, you know, you do look to parents, um, specifically parents, but also, again, just anyone in a position of power who's older than you as kind of these infallible leaders, because that's how we kind of are expected to. And I mean, granted, we don't have many other um, outlets or facets of learning, like you learn from your environment. And so um, kind of feeding off of that, when do you feel like we maybe grow out of seeing these leaders as um, infallible or like our only sources of information? Or do you feel like some people kind of get stuck in that throughout their whole lives? I mean, I definitely think it's interesting. Um, I, m maybe I'm wrong here, but my feeling is that oftentimes so far in high school, um, a lot of people will discredit things that their parents say completely, even m more so than what is reasonable. Because like you said, parents generally have their kids' best interests in heart. But I think it's when you start being exposed to other points of view and see that your parents are infallible or that that there's more than one way of thinking about something that you start to question it and i think the the later it happens the harder it is to kind of walk that back if that makes sense the mm -hmm. first like if if you go your whole life thinking your parents have given you this stone cold truth on one issue and then you're reading about it and other things come up um if that happens like in your college career, it, it's gonna be a, a major kind of life event. So I think it's important for parents to start that early. Like this is my viewpoint, this is where I'm coming from. This is what we would like you to believe. There are other points of view, just kind of to explore a well-rounded discussion, I think. Yeah, and I think it, it can depend on certain issues because um, again, parents do have like these in this inherent like moral value that they're um, giving their children. But again, there's so many different things. I notice it a lot in politics, um, especially in high school, where I feel like there's just this inherent belief that you tend to believe what your parents believe. I mean, there's definitely outliers as there are to every um, situation, but I feel like for the most part, there's like a direct connect between what someone's parents believe and what they believe because it, again politics does deal a lot with values but some of it I think also um, it can be difficult to decipher because again you push the narrative that you believe and if that means that you were kind of told information that maybe isn't fully correct when you were young again like you're talking about breaking out of that cycle and I think it's it's difficult like you said when um, there's this culture of I'm right, this is my opinion, other opinions exist, but they're wrong. I think that it can be difficult to break out of that cycle, especially when you're still living in that household, so especially in high school. And I think it forces a lot of students to break out of that when they are in college and when it is so late. And I think it's very difficult, um, especially in the South. Right, one thing that, um, that from what I've listened to with your podcast is a theme is making sure that, you know, kids youth us i guess um that we have our that we secure our voice and are treated as equals in this discussion um with parents or with anything that that we shouldn't be uh pushed to the side or our, our voices matter which i think is a very important um theme but i also think when when adults will sometimes uh, okay in just when you think about arguments as they exist right now, oftentimes they're not, they're, they're, they're hardly ever productive. They're just two sides yelling at each other, 
politically or just in general. Um, so I think that when um, adults will take a, a more nuanced, um, just a more nuanced approach to our, uh, discussing stuff with their kids, if they say like, this person looks up to me already, right? I have a responsibility to them and not just mm -hmm. sitting across from them and arguing with them in the way that you might argue with an adult who you share opposite views with. Because I just think it is important to recognize that as a kid, they come with this baggage of being, you know, younger and looking up to authority figures. And I just think, yeah, parents, educators, anybody talking to kids has a responsibility to ensure that they're balanced humans. And I, I don't know, I just think it's important that in conversation and beliefs, whatever you want to do with your life, it's important to remember that parents, I don't know, they just need to make sure their kids are thinking appropriately. Yeah, no, I think, I think I totally agree. You, you can't condemn them for being youth and you can't condemn them for being kids. Um, and you can't take away their value or their voice because of their age. But I do agree that there's like this responsibility that you have to have to not take that away from them, but to acknowledge it in the sense of, um, this person looks up to me and I, I do have this responsibility and also maybe I should try to amplify their voice. Cause I find that a lot of times, um, if I get into an argument, just say with like a parent, it feels almost like they revert back to, um, what is stereotypically looked at as like the immaturity level of like our age, I guess, which, um, can sometimes be interesting to see because it feels like. I, it feels sometimes like I am being the more mature one, or if I'm not being the more mature one, then it, it makes me even more angry because I feel um, the sense of tension in regard to you're supposed to be the adult. You need to act mature. If I'm acting, quote unquote, like my age, um, then it's your responsibility to be better than that. And so I think that it is hard. And that, that specifically, like when having those discussions and those a lot of times those disagreements and arguments, that's when, for me, I personally had that realization that parents and adults um, aren't, again, these like perfect creatures. They aren't um, omnipotent. They don't know everything and they're still um, humans too. And so I think that's important for us kids to have that humanization of parents and to kind of, as we grow up, um, to have that realization that you are just as human as they are, you know? Yeah, and, and that it's not a bad thing to have those qualities, but it's, it's important to address it. Yeah, no, I totally, and I think that um, there's a certain level of like independence of opinion, because I understand that for parents, um, again, because a lot of these issues that we have disagreements over are value-based, I think a lot of times, or belief-based. And I think that that is one thing that is so hard because intrinsically, you know, like, that's what a belief is. It, it's so, it tends to be so deep rooted. I think a belief is a lot harder to change than an opinion, but I think a lot of times opinions are rooted in beliefs. And so that I think that that's where the difficulty comes from. And I think that a lot of times you see like an invalidation of opinion um, when somebody is our age. And I think that again, like you were saying, we need to have a voice, but it also has to have this validation backing it of, um, on the parental side or on the adult side, looking at kids and seeing they are, again, like 
like I was saying earlier about um, kids being parents is just as human as them. You have to look at the kids and be like, okay, they're just as human as me. Right. For sure. I think, I think one, and you, you said this, I think, but the, the most important thing to me about this is when you have parents, adults back backing and um, giving a platform to kids beliefs um, and opinions in general, uh, and supporting them. I think it should be, for the most part, uncon- unconditional. Yeah. Um, you Because if, if you start saying, yeah, sure, I'll support you. I'll promote your stuff. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. Say with your podcast, for example, and this is not a real example, of course, but if your mom was just super um, energized about it and would like give you whatever support you needed, I'm sure she will regardless, but only only if you thought a certain way and then she hears a couple episodes and she's like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna support this. I think that that is probably the most damaging form of like the backfiring of that parenting is that you should, you should have these conversations and you should support your kids in projecting their opinions, but you also shouldn't decide what opinions you help them voice or not. You should just, I don't know, be unconditional about it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And specifically in that example, I feel like that is such a good um, way to put it and such a good way to visualize it because, again, I mean, it's just like you were saying, you can't raise them to be carbon copies of you in any sense. But I mean, especially not just in their personality or interests or beliefs or anything like that. I think that um, so often, I mean, even looking at like careers, like people our age are feeling pressure to go to certain schools um, where they have a legacy or things like that. And it's just, there is no growth when you create a carbon copy. And um, I mean, it's so cliche that like, oh yes, the times are always changing, but they are. And so I think that there's, there's that responsibility also to continue to educate yourself and to look at your kids as an avenue to do that or look at the youth in general, the youth population as an avenue to do that. Um, because I mean, again, this sounds so cliche, but it's cliche, but it's true. The youth are the future. Um, and so I think that we always claim, oh, we want change in our country, but if we continue to, I mean, just do what you're saying, like stifle, um, our youth into kind of, it feels, it feels almost like militaristic, um, like just shoving them into a box to fit what we want. I think that it's difficult to make any real progress. Right. What you said about the career paths or uh, education paths resonated with me. Um, I think that it is true, just as a personal example, um, I I don't think it's unreasonable for parents to want their kids to be successful, right? Mm -hmm. That's certainly a a goal that most parents have for their kids. And I think, and my parents are definitely strong proponents of the, you know, like go to a good college, get good life experience. And that's something that I agree with. Um, but I also don't know how much of my, the fact that I agree with it is because that's been drilled into me um, since such a young age, which I think is, again, part of the problem. Um, so when I, when I think about the idea of a college experience, what I think about is based around what my parents tell me about college. So it's important it's been important for me to get outside opinions and it's hard to grapple with the fact that like what I want to do in terms of career path or what college I go to um, 
or like how much I apply myself to specific things, whether I join that extra club or not, how much of that is just because of the way my parents have brought me up. And I just, it just goes back to parents need to be open to everybody's, each kid's individual thought process. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And like that, that makes me think a lot about um, if we ever like are fully able to get out of that cycle, because again, it's like you said, you don't know how much of that is based just in the way that you were raised. And I think that that really spoke to me because I'm like, I mean, everything like the person that you are, I mean, sure. Some of that is inherent and innate um, and just the way that your brain is wired and also forms just um, from your own experiences, but so, so much of that. I mean, I, I feel like there are kids that I know who um, were maybe like told by a parent when they were younger, like, Oh, you're not very good at this sport. And so like they quit it. And that might seem like such a small um, example, but I mean, things like that, it's, it just kind of forms your beliefs, especially when you're so young and your brain is wiring. And I feel like, again, like you were saying, like college is so late, but I mean, even now it feels like it may be too late. I feel like it's, has to start with like a generational thing of like this is how we're going to raise our kids it's like what you were saying and I think such a big thing um comes from parents having to realize that who their kid is I mean it does to an extent but taking away that barrier of like my kid reflects back on me directly um because I think that that's a big thing I think it's a pride thing I think that's a big part of it because their view of success um is what they want their kids to have like what you were saying, parents want their kids to be successful, but that view is not always the same. And so um, if it's not a view that's commonly accepted as being successful or right, then it reflects back on them. And I think that that's something that we have to break as well. Definitely. And I think, I think one, the, throughout this whole conversation, we've talked about a lot of problems and issues so far um, Mm -hmm. about, yeah, pretty pretty much everything we've talked about is a is a problem or issue, um, and I think one thing when you are highlighting problems and issues is to try and work towards a solution, even though it's yeah. not maybe the best solution. It's just a good idea to you know propose one. So I don't know. With that being said, it's it's not like any of the things that we brought up have easy fixes, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I think that at the end of the day, conversate, just having more conversations and more open conversations mm-hmm. is probably a, a good place to start. Because if parents will sit down with their kids and be willing to talk with them about all of these things, differences in opinions, differences in, in career paths, and understanding the biases that both parents and children bring to the table, just having more open conversations that aren't, I feel like often just this maybe just me whenever i have conversations with my parents it it walks a fine line between being a conversation and being um a confrontation where i'm about to get grounded yeah uh, yeah cuz there's that power there's that power difference and i feel like sometimes it can get combative very quickly if you're not careful and 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 if it is it's not it should never be a fight but when it is it's not a fair fight for the youth in any way Mm-hmm. you're always at risk, you know? Um, and I, I don't know, my, I, I think my parents have done a, a decent job of trying to 
do these things, talk about differences in opinions, definitely, and facilitate conversation. But even then, it, it feels like having conversations, you, you're just, you're just at some point, what my parents want is to hear, they just want to hear what they want to hear. Yeah. And until I say that, I'm at fault. So that's, I don't think that's a great uh, system mm-hmm. because I, it, it kind of promotes like, this is my narrative and this is right. And you just have to be, I guess, more open to listen, listening to other people at the end of the day. Yeah. And you, I totally agree with what you were saying about like, we have to look at um, certain solutions because that's the same route that I was um, looking to go to as well. And I, I agree with what you're saying because it, it can be difficult when there is that power difference and you're having to walk this careful line of not offending them, but they're not necessarily having to do that same thing back to you. So there's not that equal respect. And I think that, again, kind of what you were saying, like in these conversations, one of the most important things going into it, and I would say maybe even setting a boundary in the beginning of like, hey, I want to have this conversation. We may not agree, but I would really appreciate if you can treat me with the same respect that I try to treat you with. I think that that can go such a long way. And I think it can also kind of set that line of, okay, like I'm not doing this to start an argument. I'm not doing this to combat your opinion and be offensive. I'm doing this because I genuinely want to have this conversation with you. Because one thing, um, I was listening to a podcast or watching something or maybe reading something about this, but it was talking about expectations and how in any relationship um, that you have or even just like a conversation that you have, one thing that's important is those things that we call unspoken expectations because those are the ones that tend to cause the most problems. And I think unspoken expectations are also unspoken intentions. So I think that just kind of having that initial thing of like, this is where I'm coming from um, and seeing if they're in that same space is it can go a very long way in trying to help um, help facilitate these discussions. Yeah, I think, um, at the end of the day, I think respect is an, is an important thing. That's something I've always liked about um, your podcast because you have all different types of people on mm-hmm. um, and e- every conversation is civil and respectful. And I think any, I can't speak for you guys having the conversation, but as a listener, you walk away with something new to think about and a new perspective. Um, and the more of these new perspectives that you can stack on top of each other, by having civil, respectful discussion, it just it just makes your worldview a lot better, a lot more nuanced. And if you're if you can have respect for these people, remember all of these different walks of life and perspectives that people bring. You can be more empathetic, I think, and that just goes a long way to helping. I don't know every problem that it seems like the world faces. Um, one solution, one vague solution is empathy. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I um, have a podcast that I'm recording soon actually relating to politics. And I think that one of the biggest things there without jumping too much into that um, topic is uh, humanizing like one another. And again, having that empathy and that respect of seeing the other side and seeing that like where they're coming from um, is kind of the biggest thing that I took away from that seeing that like it's very hard to find someone that has true cruel intentions from where they're coming from and i think that once we can see that and see that okay this person is well-meaning but i may disagree with their like avenue of getting to a certain place whether that be like safety or like health 
Um, I may disagree with that and we should have a discussion about it. And um, again, from a conversation that I had in the town hall meeting run by teens, um, one thing that we were talking about there was going into these discussions, not looking to find counter arguments, but um, going into them looking to like learn and to listen. And I think that that's something that both sides can take away, both um, adults and youth. And I think that there's also a sense sometimes of adults being afraid to change their opinion opinion based on something that a youth said because it, it seems um, like they shouldn't, it seems like they're giving up their power. And I think that that's another thing is just going back to that empathy and that respect and looking at each other as humans and equals. I think, I think also that when we talk about teens, us right now in the second half of high school, you know, um, turning our eyes to the future, we're supposed to be learning how to be more independent. Mm -hmm. And I think that in a way, our relationship to our parents, not not dramatically, but I think it should shift a little bit as yeah, we age. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It, because, I mean, it already does, right? You're not, you're not still fed by your parents the same way or, or, or you don't hold their hand wherever you go. Um, mm -hmm. At the beginning, your parents are telling you like, to look both ways before you cross the street. That's not something you need to sit down and have an argument over. But as you age, it's important. And I think it's something that not a lot of parents do to constantly reevaluate where you stand with your kid and what their, what their, what their life's going to be like. Because if the whole, if your whole world is listening to your parents, I mean, in a few years from now for us, we're, I mean, we're not going to, we're going to be in a different environment. We're going to, have new peers, new figures uh, in authority positions, and it's just going to be hard for people to adjust. Yeah, no, I think I totally agree. And evaluating what your role is in your kid's life, and also for us, our relationships to our parents, kind of evaluating that. And I know for me personally, um, I think that specifically with my mom, it can be a little bit more difficult to kind of establish that like, hey, I need some independence, I need some room to grow. Because um, I think that, you know, I mean, that we have, for a lot of us been like our parents lives, or if you're not your parents life, obviously, you're, you're a huge part of it. Right. Um, and so I think that for them, it's it's also difficult to let go of that responsibility as well. But I think that it's so important for the child and like you were saying like we're going off and we're going to have these new authority figures and we're going to have these new discussions and these new viewpoints and if you aren't willing to um observe and learn and you haven't fostered that environment of learning then i think that it's it's going to be so difficult and i think that yeah i mean things just like like driving that's such a huge thing like you now have um, this added responsibility and then turning 18 and being able to vote and being a legal adult and all these things. You can't um, fully assimilate into society if you're fully reliant on your parents. And I think that in order for it to be a successful pro um, like process, I think that it often has to be a gradual process. And so I totally agree with what you were saying about just evaluating where you stand and evaluating your relationship. And as um, the youth and as the children in the situation, what would you say that your advice is for us how to evaluate um, maybe how our viewpoints need to rely more on ourselves and on the information that we're learning than our parents about 
um, yeah, just being self-aware and evaluating all of that. I think um, something that is hopeful for me is it's, it's now easier than ever um, to, to gain access to new viewpoints. You have mm-hmm. to seek them out because obviously things like um, social media and even the internet kind can sometimes take the form of an echo chamber where yeah, they're only reinforcing your beliefs. Right, exactly. If you only follow people you agree with on Instagram, everything you're seeing, you might be led to believe this is all that exists. Yeah. Um, but it is easy to seek out other viewpoints online. Um, and it's hard to, on in comments or threads, it's, it's never easy to have a civil discussion there. But there are videos and, and, and texts out there of, of civil conversations and people with different viewpoints. So I think it's about listening. Um, and then constantly, like you said about the uh, town hall for teens, the, um, if you're not going into everything looking to find um, differences and you're looking to find commonalities and, and just having an open mind with everything you do, um, it's pro- if you try and apply that perspective to everything that you do, I think it's a little easier to voice your own opinion and be more active because you know that your opinion is formed on all these different things that you've seen. And you know it's an important thing to remember is that your opinion is valid, even if ultimately you will change it in a year or two when you learn more, anything about it, your opinion is as valid as anyone else's. and it's it's sort of the golden rule thing because if you know that your opinion is valid, you know that the person you're talking to, their opinion is also extremely important to them, and they're they both have equal validity. So yeah, just just going into those conversations, like you were saying, thinking about fairness, thinking about um, common ground, is a good way to be able to. I think for me, have the courage to speak your mind. Yeah, and again, I mean, I, I totally agree with what you're saying about um, seeing everyone just as equal on that playing field of um, validity and of like your human um, worth. And I, that's so crucial going into all of these conversations. And I think that's something that we often lack. And again, building and just stacking all of these different viewpoints and information, I would say that your opinion comes a lot harder for someone else to disagree with if you if you're like, well, I think about that and I also have addressed it and this is how I feel about it. It, it allows you to become a lot more empathetic and to, um, in the future have, have those important discussions and be able to facilitate them and not have to go into them um, being ignorant about um, the information that others are bringing to you. And if you already have that knowledge, it makes it a lot easier to have those discussions. And so I think that that's, that's really just like such a good way um, to go forward and in all of our lives is that sense of empathy. And is there anything else that you would like to add before we wrap things up? I think, um, I I think we've covered a lot of good ground. The one thing I would say though, is it's not, it's easy right now when it's just us two talking um, to even forget like the heat of an argument sometimes or how difficult it is to, because we're not even talking specific opinions here, how difficult it is to reconcile your opinion with someone else's opinion or discover somebody's opinion differs from you. Um, So it's not, it's not a a simple process. And I think 
it's just important for everyone, I guess, listening to just remember that, I guess, it's not, it, it's not simple and it's not going to be. It's yeah. always, it's always going to be a uh, work in a way to be respectful and to better yourself through learning about other people. But as long as you know that there's going to be that struggle, you also know that the most important thing is, is, is being respectful. And, and I guess if you, if you know that there's going to be difficulty in that argument, it makes it easier because you're not, you're more prepared. So it's, it's not always going to be perfect. It hardly ever is, but at the end of the day, good conversations make a world of difference. Yeah. And even if it's just planting a seed in someone's mind, even if you feel um, as though your conversation wasn't quote unquote successful, I think that there's, there's so much to be had, even just from exposing someone to a different opinion. And I, I totally agree with what you're saying, knowing that sometimes the other person may not always um, respond how you want them to. Um, and with the same respect that you are trying to show them and that sometimes you might not show them the exact respect that you wish you had. But I think that, again, like you were saying, just having those discussions and trying your best um, continuously and persevering through those difficult discussions in order to get to those really fruitful ones um, is so important. And so, Jamie, thank you so, so, so much for um, joining us today as speaking of fruitful conversations. Um, Yeah. And so thank you so much, everybody, for listening as well. I hope you all have a great day. And remember to share with just one person because sharing with just one person helps more than you know. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.